Hello, thank you for joining us this morning. If you are here for the first time, a special welcome to you. We as a church uh, have been following an eight-week series on a subject title of Understanding the Church in a New Era. We've been following different parts, members of, of the church, ministers of the church, marks of the church, mission of the church, and many others. And this week we're going to be looking at movement of the church the church as a movement in a modern era each week we have been setting a paper exercise and i have been showing you some of my religious t-shirt collections uh, and try to relate them to the theme of the week this week's t-shirt challenge was to encourage everyone to design their own religious t-shirt or encouraging message on a t-shirt Please, if you're going to use an existing T-shirt, make sure you get the right permission. You should have hopefully picked up the link in the weekly uh, newsletter that comes out uh, on a Thursday and uh, there would have been information there. I wonder whether you will be able to guess my chosen message on my personally designed handcrafted T-shirt by Mrs. June Stocker. It is a message from this morning's uh, sermon and the, the Bible text is in there. So listen and you may even win a prize. This week, um, Paper Challenge was also had a link. It's uh, on the newsletter. It's a Hexa Flexagon Paper Challenge. So hopefully you would have got this before now, but um, it's to make something similar to this. There's all kinds of different shapes. Um, and when you move it around, you can um, move into different shapes and different colors, depending on how you have done your hexagon or flexagon uh, um, paper exercise. Um, it's a moving, changing paper um, origami thing. I don't know what you call it really, other than a hexaflexagon. So if you've made one, then I want you to hold on to it and wait until the end of the service because we will be using these as part of our prayer response so stay tuned i'm going to travel around a little bit so i'm going to share god's word with you and i pray in the mighty name of jesus that you will be inspired and in, infused by what god has got to share with us uh, so stay tuned in let's get cracking I read this story about somebody who became very frustrated with their church, particularly the church leadership. I'm sure that doesn't happen in Breton Baptist Church, but on this occasion, um, somebody was frustrated because the changing of the light bulb had to go to the leadership committee and they had to have a meeting with uh, relevant maintenance people. And then they were trying to decide when it could be done and who could do it. And it seemed to take forever. And that member of the church said to the leadership team, why does it take so long? How many people does it take to change a light bulb? And the response they got from the leadership team was, change? Now, I don't know about you, but change is a constant reality of our lives. We are constantly changing. We never stagnate. Nothing stagnates. It either declines or it grows. And the church can often be seen as something that's on decline. Maybe the uniformity of church is on decline, but the movement people of God, those that have a faith and a healthy relationship with Jesus, is on the increase. 
The uniformity is on the decline, but the growth of those giving their life to Jesus is on the increase. Even in Breton Baptist Church, we're seeing an interest in the gospel. And I'll share with you a little bit later a story of somebody who contacted us only a few days ago who come from an atheist background and is now exploring to believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we look at this um, eighth part series of our um, understanding church in a new era, we're going to look at the church as a movement. The people of God are a movement people. They are always on the move, not necessarily uh, physically, geographically, but in their um, wholeness of what it means to be a child of God for a time such as this. So what, what are the marks of a healthy, growing church? And what does it mean to be the movement people of God? Well, I, if you've ever looked at the early church, the first century, the first um, indication of this growing mass of people, um, the book of Acts talks all the way through how the church um, gained new ground, how, how the feel of the church became something attractive, something people were drawn to. It was different to any other movement that had gone before. And since the first century, the church has been in constant move, not always great, but not always bad. Isn't it interesting? We find ourselves um, giving primary preview to all the bad stuff and we forget all the good stuff. Churches have a lot of bad stuff in it, but they are still in the minority. Like any social group or family background, um, the bad stuff gets front stage um, preview. But behind the scenes, the church is often at its best, particularly in a crisis. We find ourselves in a crisis where the church is at its best and more people are drawn to it. In the first century, um, Rome was a, 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 a force not to be reckoned with and people wanted something different, something more liberating, something more wholesome. And they turned to the movement of the church, the people of the way, those that were following Jesus Christ, the one who died and the one who rose. This was a mystery. This was something that people couldn't comprehend through worldly terms and they had to look somewhere else. They had to look to the people of God, the movement people of God. How do you know whether you're a movement people of God? I want to draw your attention to the first chapter of the book of Acts, verse 8, and it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Put that in your local context. Put it in the context of Breton and Peterborough. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you 
and you will be my witnesses in Breton, in Peterborough, and in East Midlands, and to the ends of the earth. That, I believe, is God's call upon all of us in this community, in this area. God is wanting to pour his Holy Spirit on all of us. When we get the Holy Spirit, we become the movement people of God. Now, I totally recognise that church is often seen as a place and a people where it is boring, it is irrelevant, it is untrue, it bears no kind of need in society, in a person's life. It is often seen as hypocritical, it is often seen as um, a negative. I wonder what your experience of church is. Now, if you've experienced any of those, then I believe something's wrong for sure. Maybe wrong with you, maybe wrong with the church. I passionately believe if Christianity is boring, if Christianity is irrelevant, if Christianity is untrue, if Christianity is seen as a hypocrisy, then it's being done wrong. It's being done seriously wrong. Because I believe with all my heart, authentic Christianity is systematically risky business. It is divinely dangerous and outrageously adventurous, but yet totally, completely, and utterly safe. If you don't believe me, read the book of Acts. It is radical stuff. It is presenting something that is real, that is relevant, that is radical, that is refreshing for the whole of our lives, body, mind, and soul, heart as well. Are you willing to discover the good things of God in a real, relevant, radical, refreshing way? If you are, then why don't you come with me on a journey as I briefly share with you something about the living spirit of what it means to be the movement people of God. I ask you these two questions before we move on. What gives you life? What? actually moves you. Don't forget, you are constantly on the move. You are either growing as a healthy individual, you are either growing as a healthy church, or you're declining as an individual, or you're declining as a church. How do you know the changes in your life are adding value to what it means to be an amazing, unique child of God? One of the things I love about um, the mountains in Snowdonia is the natural springs that flow from the top to the bottom and form beautiful, pure spring rivers that brings life to the banks of where it reaches. And it constantly feeds the, the world around it, the, the nature. Beautiful trees and plants um, can grow from the natural springs of mountains. There's a, a wonderful bit in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter two, where God said 
um, a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Life is a constant movement like a natural, beautiful, fresh spring. It comes to give us life and life in abundance. And I believe God from the beginning has set in motion the movements of life. I just think sometimes we drink from the wrong bottles. We drink from the wrong springs. We drink from the wrong rivers. We turn the wrong taps on. We, we grab the wrong bottles to nourish our lives. Life in all its fullness comes from drinking through God's river of life. What refreshes your soul? What water are you drinking? I passionately believe with all my heart, God is on the move, constantly reaching out to the whole world, constantly on the move, announcing to people like you and me that he has the drink that will quench the thirst within our souls. God is on the move, inviting people to join the greatest movement the world has ever, will ever see or know. He is recruiting people of different kinds, unique people like you and me, a people that have not known him, a people that have been abandoned, been neglected, been rejected, been forgotten, been abused. God is looking for a new people, a people that are thirsting after the river of life, a people not of conformity or uniformity, but a people of uniqueness. We are a people of uniqueness because God created you and me. And my question, I suppose, is do you want the life-giving water that God gives? to become the movement people, the people that grow closer to him, the people that grow closer to, to, in knowing who they are. If you've been searching for this outrageous, this audacious, attractive, life-giving water that your soul has been thirsting for, then listen on. If you're not, then switch off. Go and make a cup of tea and go and drink from something else. Do you want to know what it is? Do you really want to know what it is. Do you want to know what it is? The matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself.
This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Offering is the truth, nothing more. Follow me. Colossians Day 1 to 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on early, earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So those of you that stayed with me, all I'm offering is the truth. Are you ready to go down that root of the truth for your soul, for your well-being, for your heart transformation, for your mind renewing. We just had Colossians 3 read to us. This is a wonderful passage. In verse 2 it says, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Authentic unity humility, acceptance, tolerance, peace, joy, compassion, reforms, reconstructs, reunites the world in which we live. These are the qualities of heaven. These are the resources of heaven. Only the spiritual blessings of heaven can heal a broken, lost, forgotten world. Do not go with the flow of the river of this world. Go with the river, the flow of the river that God is revealing to you. The, the river that gives eternal refreshing where your soul will never thirst anymore. Churches that do this make a difference in everyone's lives. Churches that dare to flow with heaven's currents participate in the healthy changes of this world, bringing life in all of its communities, seeking God's will, seeking what God wants above our own wants and the wants of others, seeing the world through his eyes, seeing each other through his lenses, putting heaven vision spectacles on. I'm not a legalistic as much as I am a person that wants to seek what is right before God. We are the movement people of Christ, not of crises. Are you a person of living water that comes from Christ? Or are you a person of crises that sees nothing but crises? One John four seven to twelve. Dear friends, we should love each other because love comes from God. 
Everyone who loves has become God's child and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love to us. He sent his one and only son into the world so that we could have life through him. This is what real love is. It is not our love for God, it is God's love for us. He sent his son to die in our place to take away our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us that much, we also should love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is made perfect in us. just had that wonderful passage read to us from 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 to 12 talks about where does love come from who is love who created love how do we know love if you know God you know love if you can't love the stranger if you can't love the rejected if you can't love the neglected if you can't love the person that offended you you do not know God because we are the movement people of God's love. This is the second quality of what it means to be the movement people. The movement people of God cover themselves in his love. The way you look at yourself, the way you look at your family, the way you look at your neighbours, the way you look at your colleagues, the way you look at the strangers must be like the way Jesus looks at them. Think of the people you really struggle with. Unless you love them the way Jesus loves them, you cannot love Jesus. Therefore, you will not be the movement people that are not only receiving life, but passing life on. This is a serious sacrificial love because it causes us to treat others with utter grace, mercy, kindness, gentleness, and above all, forgiveness. These are the healing medicines that brings heavenly reconciliation to a seriously damaged, battle-worn and evil-torn world. The cup of the Holy Spirit's filled with this kind of water. God's love is the heavenly drink that refreshes the heart, the soul and the mind. And when you drink this, it is like a drug, you come back for more, but it's a drug that is the purest of all and gives wholeness, healing and freedom to every aspect of our lives. We are the movement people of God's love. Let's behave like it. Don't look and blame the church, for you are the church. You are a part of the church. Then be the love outpouring that God has called you to be. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect.
the third out of my four um, points of what it means to be a movement people of God, as you can tell, is taken from Romans 12 verses 1 to 2. People of change. I mentioned earlier, there is, there is no question. We either change for good or we change for ill. You cannot drift into being healthy. You have to work at it. I've mentioned this before. It takes effort. It takes investment. It takes um, intentionality. Isaiah 57, 15 reminds us that we will get a new heart. God says this, for thus says the high and lofty one in verse 15 of chapter 57, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with those who are contrite and humble in spirit. Oops, work with me a minute. Wind blowing on my notes to receive the spirit of humility and to receive the heart of the contrite. Have you had a heart transplant? Have you had a brain transplant in the spiritual sense? This is what Romans 12 talks about. Be renewed by the transformation of your mind and your heart. Have a 360 turnaround in how you view the world, in how you allow your soul and your spirit and your heart to be fed and your mind to be influenced. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is the condition of your heart today? Do you need a heart transplant? What is the condition of your mind? Do you need new influences in your mind? God can do this through the power of his Holy Spirit. He is the surgeon, the heavenly surgeon that will transform us and transplant our hearts into God's own hearts, our minds into a holy mind, a mind that operates in the ways of Christ. It will only add value to your life. It will not take anything away. It will only add to what it means to be a healthy person, a healthy person in the movement of God's desire for the world. God wants to break through. God has already broken through COVID-19. He didn't wait for you and me to be ready. He's already touching the lives of people in a new way. COVID-19 has not held us back. Let's hear another and final bit of scripture uh, from, from Paul who, uh, and learn from Paul who, who did not allow lockdown to hold the gospel back. First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 23. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that I might by any means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessings. 
Isn't this amazing? Paul talks about um, he will be all things to all people, all things to all men, all things to all women, all things to all families, all things to all communities, all things to all cultures. We are a people of the people. We are in the people business. God is in the people business. God is reaching out to each and every one. Why? Because we are unique. And he's not looking for people to become Baptists. He's not looking for people to become Anglicans. He's not looking for people to become Catholics. He's not looking for people to be Methodists or any other stream and denomination and title of the church. He's looking for people to be the movement people of Jesus Christ who gives life in all its fullness. When Paul inspired and empowered and enlarged the church, he was in prison. His prison letters were the modern day social media platform for reaching a scattered people. How are you and I reaching a scattered people? We're hosting a service next week um, for those that are new to us in the last 18 months. We're already at capacity on how we can fit those people in. There are well over 30 people who are newish to our church. Some of those are first-time believers. We meet with a group of people each week through through the Families Ministry with SJ, um, a, a half a dozen or more um, people, um, parents, who don't quite know the Lord Jesus Christ yet, but are dipping their feet in the water and starting to drink the water that comes from heaven. Like Jesus, Paul sought to relate to whomever the Lord brought into his journey of life. You don't have to have an, a, a great organized mission project to reach a scattered people. Reach them right where you are. Don't hold back. COVID is no longer an excuse. It's here to stay. Learn to live with it. Stay for a while. I don't know how long. We pray it goes. But it's here for a lot longer. We need to find a way of continuing being a movement people of God because we are a movement people of people. We will not see people turn to Christ if we are using our out-of-date, irrelevant methods. Social media is the new platform from pretty much every church. If you're not using it, you're not reaching a scattered people. We must know the culture and the context of the people in order to connect in a relevant way. Have you noticed that Jesus never said, go and build more churches? He said, go and make disciples of all nations, of all nations. God is looking for universe, is looking for unity in our uniqueness, not uniformity or conformity. Paul was in serious lockdown, but yet the church expanded. Breton's doors aren't open as they used to be, but we are still seeing growth. There is no way of stopping the movement, people of God, the movement of the church, when its core values include Christ, love, change for all people. Nothing holds the gospel back, not even COVID-19. In fact, COVID-19 is creating a platform for many more people to look deeper into their own souls and their own hearts and their own minds and they are searching for the living water. Let me tell you this one short story to give you affirmation of that and we could share many more, but time does not permit. Writing back to one of our leadership, this lady says this, thank you so much 
for such a lovely welcome. I am completely new to faith and really just starting to explore spirituality, having been brought up an atheist. But I would say it's been over a year now that I keep feeling drawn to faith and the church. I don't even know if the church is for me or how I feel about religion, but I know that I believe in God. So figured this is a good place to reach out to. The website was my first point of contact, so I haven't partaken in any prayer meetings yet. I do really like the sound of church, of the church event, and I'm now hoping probably should be praying in brackets that things ease off again, COVID wise, so that it can happen. I got your link to the prayer meeting for Sunday. Thank you for sending it to me. What time is it at? And finally, she says, the last sentence of your email filled me with such hope that I know I'd made the right decision in contacting the church, asking if there is anything I could be prayed for during this week. What a beautiful thing to have been asked. If you could just pray that one day I am strong enough to help someone else in the way you are helping me. I'd really be grateful of that. Thank you so much once again, and I look forward to speaking again and meeting you soon. COVID-19 has not had a negative impact on the church as much as it's had a positive impact. We cannot allow COVID-19 to be our excuse anymore. Are you a people of Christ or crisis? Are you a people of God's love? Are you a people of God's ever-moving, changing church? The tide has changed all through the centuries since the church's inception. Church has been on the change, not the decline, just changing. It is changing in a new way. Are we ready for the church of today? Because if we're not ready for the church of today, we will not be ready for the church of tomorrow. We are God's movement people of all people. We should be all things to all people. What needs to change is perhaps the individuals not out there. Often the church is seen to change people to be like us. No, we need to change to reach a lost, broken, abandoned, abused, unforgiven people. Are you one of God's movement people? Are you thirsty for the living water that God is offering you today? Are you willing to reach out and take the water God is revealing to you today? What is the flavour of your water? Because I promise you this, once you do drink from the Holy Spirit's fountain, you will come back thirsting for more and God will nourish you. Before we close with a prayer, let me share with you my t-shirt. I wonder whether you did actually guess my passage for today. My passage for today, as you see on my t-shirt, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Do you want that power? Do you want that heavenly power to get through today, tomorrow and the next week? That power comes through the Holy Spirit pouring out on each and every one of us. It is like opening up a new cup and drinking afresh.
I wonder whether you managed to guess my personal message and the Bible text that I got on my t-shirt. My energy energy drink comes from Acts 1.8. And the message on the back is from Acts 1.8, which I will turn around and let you read. Um, and I'll read it out to you. Power comes when I drink from the Holy Spirit. Power comes when I drink from the Holy Spirit. A, a paraphrased version of, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Making it more specific for us in our context, if the Holy Spirit came in the same way he did um, in Jerusalem, in Breton, maybe would, Jesus would have said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Breton, in all Peterborough and East Midlands and to the ends of the earth. Let us pray. Let us take our hexaflexagon and just hold it and move it as we pray. Take hold of your hexaflexagon and just use it as a prayer focus. For we are the movement people of God, of his Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and be the constant movement for the renewing of my heart, my mind and my soul. Holy Spirit, revive our hearts, renew our minds and restore our souls. Let us seek what the Lord seeks. Lord, don't let your love go cold in us. Break our hearts for what breaks your heart. Jesus, we rise above COVID and any restrictions placed because of it. COVID, we renounce you in Jesus' name. We claim Christ over you. COVID, you may weaken the body, but Jesus strengthens the soul and we become stronger because of Jesus the gospel is breaking through and you are unable to stop it. The gospel is reaching a new people in a new era. The church is becoming stronger and larger despite COVID. We will never stop being the movement people of Christ, of God's love, of change, heart, mind and soul and of the people for we have the power of the Holy Spirit rising up in us and we will drink from that living spring that pours from heaven. Father, may we see more people come and receive you as their Lord and Saviour. This we pray in the mighty name of God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.